Welcome back, folks, to Three Men and Their Babies. Three dads, three very different scenarios. Here with Adam and Benny. How you doing, boys? Hello. Good, mate. Is it all right if I uh, hijack the podcast right from the start? No. Nope. Just to bring up a couple, do, bring stop up a me. couple of uh, <laughs> notes of interest, if that's okay. No, that's fine. Yeah, it'll stop me doing all the work. Good, Please good, carry good. on. Uh, note the first. <laughs> I want to apologise to all of the people from the east of England when I said that barley wasn't a thing. Over here it's called Xies. You cross your fingers and shout, I am Xies. So you couldn't be tagged. And uh, Blossom reminded me of that after she listened to the podcast. And I felt like the biggest shit heel in the world for forgetting that. Because that was a big get out of free card. Get out of jail free card for me back in the day. <laughs> Especially when you're a fat kid and you can't run very fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adam, you had an idea where barley came from last week. Have you got an idea where Xies comes from? Just thinking off the oh, top of you your head. cross your finger and make Xies. With your fingers and go, ah, I'm not doing it. You know, like the whole turn around, <laughs> touch the ground, bags are not doing it. But like in miniature, you're just crossing your legs, not spinning. Oh, shit. Hang not on then. Your Benny, legs, did you have turn around, touch the ground, can't do it? No, no, we just, um, no. I'll, 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 yeah, no I'm probably going to get this wrong as well and have to apologise on the next episode. But that was definitely something I don't remember doing. How, how did you declare okay. that you weren't going to do something, though? With a flourish. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mother, but turn around, touch the ground. Bagsy, not closing the door. <laughs> yeah, how would you? How would people know if you didn't want to do something? I don't understand. You couldn't just tell them. You had to tell them with some pizzazz. <laughs> well, I am, and I am naturally a showman, so they just they got the idea straight away. Point. Yeah, but Benny just goes, "Yeah, I can't do it," and then does some jazz. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your next thing? Point the second is I have a baby update. I don't know if you want to fill in that bit with some explosions and air horns, but we do have a baby update. <laughs> baby uh, update. Yeah, I'll just oh, yeah. I'll, I'll pass that job to the editor in post. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> Blossom had her twenty-five week midwife appointment last week, and during as which she uh, got to hear the baby's heartbeat for the first time. Obviously, I can't be there with the uh, COVID and everything. I was sat outside in the car park buying my dad car. But while I was doing that, midwife put her little thing to her belly and she heard the baby's heartbeat. Which, when she told me about it, she broke down in tears in the car, which was very sweet. I'm very happy that she is happy and excited that baby is actually has a heart in there and is beating. To be fair, like when we had the, when we had the scans, yeah, you, know, you could see it going, but you couldn't hear it, and she that was something she was really excited for. And now it's uh, happened. I think that's made it seem like uh, I mean it's definitely real, but that's made it seem even more real. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that is it mad is when they when you when you sound. first hear the heartbeat, it's crazy. Hearing it I was saying I was saying time. to her that um, as you know, maybe um, masters, maybe to my chagrin, or to your chagrin, one of my favorite bands is Muse, and. When you know you had, you've had the whole discussion of are they actually good? I don't know, but I really like them. One of their songs, a song called "Follow Me," the bloke writ for his first child, and at the beginning of that, he recorded his baby's heartbeat like while it was in who was he married to? Kate Hudson, Kate Hudson's womb, and then um, like that was like the background for the song. And I can't listen to that song now because that sets me off. I tried listening to the car after we had the heartbeat, and I broke down in tears as well. I, abs- yeah. I had to pull, had to pull <laughs> over and I was sobbing my little eyes out. I know. So that I song really is ruined. I really don't blame him either, Benny. It, it drives me to Yeah, I don't blame you, Benny. <laughs> yeah, I did the same pose as Intermuse. I don't blame <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but seriously, dude, that is amazing. 
<laughs> that's really cool. I really, really like cool. that song, and it's ruined for me now. <laughs> that's okay. Just maybe, I don't know, maybe try playing Napalm Death into Blossom's Tummy or that's something. Idea, just yeah. to get Muse out of the way, or, I don't know, Slayer or something like that. That might work. Good idea. Go on then. How's the how's the as a man who's had some shit cars in the past? How's the new how's the new dad car, Benny? I've only taken it on one little jaunt. We got it at about two o'clock this afternoon, and I uh, said to Blossom, "Oh, do you want to jump in my car, love? We'll go for a little ride around the block." Because <laughs> you know what car dealerships are like they don't put any uh, petrol or diesel in this case in the car. So I drove to the petrol station and back. But first indications are really good. I need to sort out the driving position then because we have the guy who delivered it has the, had their seat as low as it can go and as back as it can go and that's not for me I like to be quite high and I like to feel like I'm above all the other people in the cars so I need to fix that which is a job for tomorrow before I go to work should you maybe have considered buying a double decker bus then and having the having the driver's seat at the top well I so wanted I, be... I wanted the van that I use for work but unfortunately uh, that didn't, <laughs> that's only got two doors as well and I needed back doors yeah and it's owned by Tesco that's also well. true yeah <laughs> All right, well, that's good. Thank you for the updates, Benny. Always good to get one. I was curious today, actually. I was thinking, I wonder if Benny's got a baby update for us. So, uh, what was it, say the 25-week scan, did you say? That was 25-week uh, midwife appointment. The 28-week scan is the first week of February, if I remember correctly. So that's the next time we'll Damn, uh, see the little monster. It's getting close, dude. It's getting close. I know, it's real. Yeah. It is actually real now. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Oh, I'm hyped as anything. I just, I just want to make sure, like, hopefully... Begin slash mid of February will be in the house as well, according to people in the know. So we can uh, get everything settled in there. And then Blossom can start nesting. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, Blossom can start nesting and buying loads of cushions. That's what. <laughs> I'm going to be completely sweeping statement here, but for some reason, every girl I ever has ever known has always enjoyed lots of cushions. I don't know why that is, <laughs> but I don't know. It's a thing. So I mentioned, we mentioned last week, I wanted to mention this because it was something that cropped up on last week's show about the first scary movie you saw that you thought, oh God, this is something maybe I shouldn't be watching or maybe it's something that is just, okay, mum's going to show me this and see how it goes. After we mentioned obviously George's terrifying crying experience with velociraptors <laughs> in Jurassic Park. So I'll go first. The first scary movie... I remember seeing. Do you remember when you used to have uh, films on ITV every? I think it was every Saturday night. And this is this is probably like I want to say 1989, 1990, something like that, around there. And Aliens was on, and I think I was probably about nine. And as was the case, it was always my mum because she was my mum was always into horror films. She was she loved the Hammer horror films when she was growing up. So like Dracula and all those. Shout out Christopher Lee, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. And I said, can I watch this? So we had the chat and she said, okay, it's really scary because I've seen it. It's, you know, it's it's about aliens and they're horrible and they're going to kill some people and, you know, it's not real and all that kind of thing. So I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. Of course, I didn't sleep for about two and a half weeks, terrified <laughs> that some face hugger was going to land on me. Or... <laughs> and also there was, a, there was a couple of times where I was in that half dreaming state and I thought a face hugger was on my bed and I kind of woke up and <laughs> threw my my duvet cover over my head and went Whoa! like that because I thought there was a face hugger on the bed. Of course, there wasn't. No, <laughs> accidentally but, uh, booted yeah, your but... family cat out of the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no wonder he hated me. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was my first that was my first scary movie. That's weird. I I was gonna say Aliens, but obviously I can't now. Why? But I I have distinct memory of the moment when I realised I'm not a child anymore. And the world can be quite scary. 
is I was around my mum's friend's house. So we were staying over and my mum and her friend and uh, all the other people that were a part of their friend network were all downstairs after me and the rest of the kids had gone into bed. And I remember us kids going, yeah, we're not going to go to bed. We're going to sneak downstairs and see what they're watching. Now, it's, it's not as gross as you think. <laughs> it was the thing they were watching was actually The Return of the Living Dead, uh, which mm. is a like kind Aww. of zombie stroke comedy film. Not comedy when you're yeah. like a five-year-old child <laughs> coming down to watch it. <laughs> and I distinctly remember us going down and being able to watch probably at least like 20, 30 minutes of it. <laughs> like the, the door to their living room was open and we were like there looking through the banisters on the stairs, getting slowly more and more terrified until one of the kids, I think it was me and two others, just screamed at a part, and like all the adults in the room just shut their pants <laughs> and, then, and then turned around like, oh my god, kids, you can't be watching this. And it gave me That's nightmares. Amazing. Like even now, I will still have the occasional nightmare, <laughs> and it involves zombies. I bloody love horror films, and especially like zombie films, comics, and books, and video games. And it all stems from that one incident of going downstairs <laughs> and watching it through the banisters. <laughs> it's just like, ah, oh, shit, there's like boobs there's people melting there's a guy who throws himself in a uh, in an incinerator in a crematorium oh it's mental <laughs> it's not what you want to watch when you're five do you also now still have nightmares about banisters as well or not uh occasionally uh, <laughs> mo- mostly steve banister just because <laughs> how fit and athletic he is <laughs> Uh, it just gives Roger me nightmares. It, or Roger Bannister, that's guy, not Steve Bannister. <laughs> uh, it's, no, it's Roger Bannister's dad. It's, it's him who he's that's trained Mr. To you. a whole like <laughs> generation of very athletic people, and it's that level those eugenics <laughs> that terrifies oh, me. <laughs> I think I covered myself quite well. There. Yes, well done. <laughs> My earliest, my earliest um, recollection of a horror film was I'm not like I'm not like you two. I'm not a massive lover of horror films, but the one thing that sticks in my mind, and it's not so much the film itself, it's like a certain part of the film, is Ghostbusters Two. Again, not necessarily a horror film, but you know, horror slash comedy. Again, like Adam's one was two bits that come to my mind. I remember I was in primary school. So how old are you in primary school? Is that like? Between up to six about and ten, ten something 11. like that. Between yeah. four to eleven. There's two bits of. I'm sure it's Ghostbusters too. Correct me if I'm wrong. So like I'm not well versed in the horror film genre. Number one was the dude in the painting. Yeah, that was two. Who just oh, like yeah. really freaked me out. Like as a, a youngster, and I'm looking at a picture of him now on Google, and he's still very unsettling to me. He looks very angry. It feels like I've upset him in some way. And the second one is again not sure if it's Ghostbusters too, but there was a scene where. The guy like flies in a window and steals the woman's baby or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That absolutely, that absolutely shit me up when I was little. So yeah, Ghostbusters too. Also, a honourable mention. Again, I was a bit older to the scene in Jumanji where the vines come out of the fireplace. That scared me as well when I was in the cinema. That's not. <laughs> that's not a very favourite one of mine. But yeah, Ghostbusters what? too. <laughs> Dude, you got to remember oh, I'm younger than you. <laughs> Oh, I, I, yeah. I get scared very easily back fair then. Point. I, Jumanji came out in 95, if I remember right, so I would have been 8. Oh, uh, yeah, fair point, fair point, okay. 
But still, vines. Of all the stuff like, in the film, the vines life. dragging people like through the floor absolutely terrify me. But yeah, ghost baby snatcher man. Not very, not nice. You know, Benny can't watch Ground now, Force. That, that surprises me. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, when they mention Ghostbusters, it's always the library ghost. Yes. And that scared the shit out of yeah, me, me too. as well. Yeah. And also, the real Ghostbusters, or whatever it was, the cartoon... Where it had the guy who does Garfield's voice does the voice of Bill Murray's character, and Bill Murray later did Garfield's voice in the film, which is my favourite bit of movie trivia. But anyway, <laughs> that cartoon, there was an episode of that where they had this ghost who could absorb other ghosts by opening up like this trench coat that he's got on and sucking the ghosts in. <laughs> and that still terrifies me that this guy is, or this ghost is like going around, like absorbing and letting ghosts out of his body <laughs> with, by essentially flushing. I was going to say, <laughs> basically, these ghosts have been ingested through his dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was, it, it might have been Ghostbusters or it might have been my Uncle Terry. <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> oh, guys, guys. <laughs> Cut that bit. I do actually have an uncle Terry. Oh god. Okay. Well, so do I. But we'll, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Cut that bit. Yeah, we'll cut that bit. Maybe I won't. We'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it again. I'll say it again, and I'll choose a name that isn't a member of my family. Don't cut any of this out. I'm not going to. Don't worry. <laughs> no. So what, what uncle was it then? Yeah, what, what uncle was it then? Uh, Philip. Uncle Philip. Okay, yeah. Uncle Phil. Oh, no, Uncle, Phil. Uncle Phil. That's even worse. <laughs> no. No, it soon. was actually him. Too soon. <laughs> so then, off the back of that, right, not Adam's uh, family flasher, the other thing, what's, have, have any films scared you sin- like recently? You know, sort of since you've been like past 20 years old, where you know it's all, you know, I mean, you should, you should, know, you should know this earlier, but where you know it's all fake, it's all blood and effects and all that kind of thing. Have any films sort of got to you or scared you since then? I think the only one that has scared me or made me feel uneasy is uh, Woman in Black. Oh, yeah, good uh, one choice. With Daniel Radcliffe in. Good choice. Mm. That actually genuinely put me on edge. I, I think I was made worse because I was not my partner at the time and she fucking hates horror films. God knows why she agreed to come to watch this. <laughs> But she was absolutely terrified all the way through. Every time someone coughed in the room, not even on the film, she'd like dig her nails into my arm. <laughs> she was that scared. So that put me on edge a little bit more. But that, I think, was a genuinely creepy plot and creepy film. And it's one that I've not watched since because it's like, I don't want to be in that mindset. <laughs> I'm a little bitch coward and I steer clear of horror films in general. I just don't get any enjoyment out of them. I, I'd rather like um, watch something where you know I get get pleasure out of it. I don't get any pleasure out of horror films. Yeah, I am. I am weird. I'm one of those people who enjoys that that kind of jump scare. And I went yeah. to see. We went. I'm in a, a horror club with some other friends of mine who really like horror films. We, we all went to see it at the cinema. And there's a scene where I mean, spoilers, but it's been out for long enough. You should you should have seen it by now if you care about this about spoilers. But there's a scene where. <laughs> The girl in it is being abused by her father and she's had enough and he comes after her into the bathroom and she beats him over the head with a, the top of a toilet lid. And you think that's the... Because there was loads of tension leading up to that scene and you think that's the tense scene and then she turns around and the clown is just in the doorway 
and I and me and I saw everyone else in the cinema. We all jumped off our seats because you weren't expecting to be scared at all. And it was a great kind of communal thing because everybody jumped and then everyone turned around and was laughing at each other. And it was really cool. It was a really <laughs> nice thing. But uh, I'm trying to do any two films I can think of that have really got to me. And it's kind of weird. They're both found footage films. One is Blair Witch, Ooh. which absolutely terrified yeah. me. I, I mean, genuinely, to the point where I was walking home on my own at night and I was I was turning around because I thought there was people or something <laughs> following me, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one is a, a Spanish film called Wreck, which is phenomenal and is basically about oh. it's basically about a, a television crew and they go around various parts of Spain filming people who work at nighttime to show what goes on while you know regular day workers are asleep. This night they are documenting a, a fire station. And they get it's it's kind of boring for the first ten minutes because even the reporters are you know there's nothing going on what are we going to do what can we record and then they get a call out so they accompany them to this call out and basically they go to this uh, this housing block and inside the housing block there's a virus and it's all found footage because it's obviously filmed from a TV camera and there are a couple of sections in that where I, I legitimately jumped scared and was very scared and that was the same thing I had sort of weird kind of. Spanish nightmare because it's all in Spanish. I had weird kind of Spanish nightmares then for about a week after. But I also, like I said, I'm also. Donde esta la biblioteca? <laughs> no, I don't know. Ah, no, ¿Qué tal? <laughs> no habla español. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was, I was, I, but I'm one of those people who genuinely enjoys that kind of, like you know, that kind of waking up, heart pounding, oh, like what's going on, kind of feeling. I get a weird. Uh, a weird pleasure out of that, so they're the two I can think of. Yeah, but there's others that I, I mean, that have kind of made me jump. Go on. There's loads of films because I'm one of those people who jumps all the time. It's like loads of films make me do that, but none of them affected me like those two. Wreck is outstanding. Oh yeah, and I I would go to say that even the sequels are almost as good. Yeah, they're like, okay. The, the sequels can often for horror films just be shit, like with the Saw films. Where it's just, yeah, we're just doing it because people will go see a Saw film and it makes money. But the whole interconnection between all of the films and the fact that they had like the same crews working on them, the same cinematographers, the like in the first one, the cameraman is the cameraman for everyone. So for all of the cameras in it. Yeah. But he also plays the role of the cameraman for the TV crew. That's and nice. he's like an official cinematographer and it's just that level of detail i watch and it was on your recommendation it was that youtube series called the kill count oh yeah it's awesome and on oh, no, dead me and he did like a piece for all four of the wreck films and just the level of detail he goes into wreck one and i think it's the second one they were filmed like so many years apart but the level of detail that they put into it was all of the props had been destroyed from the original film and all of the sets had been torn down. So they rebuilt them. They looked at every scene and every frame of the film and said, right, we need this type of prop. So they had to like remake every single one. Like to the point where they were absolutely gutted that they had to change the colour of someone's top because in the sequel, it wouldn't show the blood spatters properly. And they, they talk about how frustrated they were with it. And it's... That level of detail to the film just makes it so endearing. And it is bloody scary as well, which is the main thing, of course. I take it back. I take it back. I've just remembered. And I'm glad I remembered this now. There is one film more than any other that had 
a real effect on me and made me even question why did I just watch that? And I'm fairly sure Adam has seen this film. I know Benny won't have, but it's a Japanese film called Audition. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Do you know, oh. what I always say to people is, I always say to people, do not read anything about this film. If you don't get spoiled, if you get a chance to watch it, watch it, but stick with it. Because the first 35, 40 minutes, you will think it's some kind of romantic comedy. But after that, everything changes. And I'm not even going to spoil anything, but that. If I had to pick one film, that is the film. That severely made me question, like, what what did I just watch? And everybody I recommended it to has... And two people have actually watched it uh, last year after I recommended it to them. And the first message back was along the lines of, what the fuck is that? What have I just watched? (laughs) I was like, yeah, well, there you go. Very good film. Very good film. But yeah. Generally makes you question your existence. Yeah, for sure. And ju- yeah, generally kind of quite makes you question why would somebody even make this? How would they even come up with this idea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go again. So off, right. So off the back of that, another a quick story. When I first moved in with Sarah, she'd she had this little case of DVDs underneath the underneath her TV. If you don't know what DVDs are, kids, look them up. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> and she had Twenty Eight Weeks Later, which is a, a horror film mm. sequel to Twenty Eight Days Later. And she'd been going on, for, and I, I said to her for a few weeks, oh, we should watch this horror film. And, said, and I'm really not into horror films, Danny. I'm sorry. It's, I, I just can't watch them. Not my thing. Not interested. So then I'm going through these DVDs, and I said, why have you got 28 weeks later? And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, this is like some kind of, it's, it's basically like a zombie-type horror film. And she said, is it? I said, yeah. I said, why did you buy it? She said, oh, somebody told me it was a romantic comedy with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> now, there's a film called 28 Weeks, where Sandra Bullock is a recovering alcoholic and then somehow yep. finds love <laughs> along the way. But Sarah had bought 28 <laughs> Weeks Later, which is a zombie virus film. And I just wish, I just wish I'd never said anything. I just wish I hadn't said oh, anything and God. just put it on. I said, oh, should we, should we watch this rom-com? <laughs> and then see what would have happened didn't, didn't halfway Robert Carlyle was in this rom-com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and the guy plays Hawkeye as well. Ooh, this, this looks good. <laughs> yeah, I never got there though, unfortunately. Here's a question then, yeah. after I yeah. mentioned... Oh, sorry, go on, Adam. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, it's weird, the level of weird films that you can end up watching, just off the back of like one experience like that. Just one thing leads to another, to another, and <laughs> eventually you've just got this like whole catalogue of weird films that you've watched and have affected you <laughs> so badly. And then it makes you realise, well, actually, I don't want to set my kids off that path. Maybe I shouldn't let them watch The Brave Little Toaster because they'll never look at air conditioners in the same way again. (laughs) Brave Little Toaster. Christ. So then, off the back of your first scary movie or the first thing you remember about scary movies, do you guys remember your first, like, your first vivid memory or what you think it might be? I'm thinking, um, I can remember back when I was, what, three or four, we went to Disneyland. Actually, no, no, I remember now, yeah. We went to Disneyland and I was three and Eeyore, the twat, stood on my foot and really hurt my foot and made me cry. That's the earliest memory I have that I can remember. Uh, One's a bit later where I nearly drowned when my granddad come and pulled me out of the sea, because he lived by the sea in Lowestoft and, uh, you know, the sea is nothing to be trifled with and I got really pissed at him because he threw my chips in the sea to come into the sea and try and save me. Priorities, Benny. That's another early memory. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I, I'm the one being a little bitch there. I understand. <laughs> but yeah, no. Disneyland, 1991. Eeyore, absolutely 
broke my heart, stood on my foot. What a little asshole. Is that the real... But then I got to meet Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, Tigger after that, so I was happy. Is that the real Disneyland or the Paris one? Uh, Florida. Florida one. I don't think Disneyland Paris Maybe was around actually, in that yeah, anymore. Probably, actually, it wasn't open, was it, actually, yeah. thinking about it. My One of my earliest memories is going on holiday, and I can't remember where it was. I, it was at some caravan park somewhere with my mum and her boyfriend at the time. And I reckon I must have been around kind of four or five. And we went to <laughs> a campsite a Butlins type place, but not as highfalutin as Butlins. <laughs> and they, when we got there, it had been such a long drive, I'd fallen asleep in the car. And when I woke up, we were there. But my mum and her boyfriend weren't. <laughs> they had gone into the caravan, maybe to like unpack stuff or to like get frisky or something, because it was acceptable <laughs> to leave a child in the car back then. <laughs> and I remember just going, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go for a walk and then explore. <laughs> <laughs> I just got out of the car and just walked around and found my way to the arcade. And I have a distinct memory of one of those little, like 10p, 20p rides that you s- sit on outside an arcade that like just moves back and forth. It was like a, a biplane, one of those. Ooh. And I distinctly remember really enjoying just sitting in it and just looking at the picture on the front, which is like <laughs> just a picture of like some planes flying in the sky, and it had like buttons on the joystick and everything. I was like, "This is amazing!" And eventually, my mum found me. I was like, "You must have do that again. How dare you just run away?" And then the next day, I did it again because I really, really liked that ride. <laughs> You're lying awake all night plotting how to get out and get back yeah. to the plane. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Take me back oh. to the plane. Yeah, I wish I knew where it was because we did some. I've got some other good memories of there, but yeah, no idea. <laughs> Mine was. I remember my mum couldn't drive, and my I didn't have any. I've got. I'm an only child, but my closest relative growing up was my cousin Fred, who's about a. I think he's like fourteen, fifteen months younger than me. So we were really close growing up because, and he was an only child as well. So we only kind of had each other really when we first kind of came into the world. And I remember my mum and my auntie Fred's mum. We got the train to my grandparents' house, and the train station was probably about about forty minute walk from where they lived. So we got the train to Nutsford, and then walked all the way. Well, see, me and Fred were in like pushchairs, and my uh, my mum and my auntie walked all the way there. And it was a really nice day. But obviously, being in the north of England, probably with about ten minutes to go, the weather just turned sour. I was only in a little kind of pushchair, no cover, no nothing, and it started to rain. My auntie had obviously planned that. This may be at a, um, maybe show the level of parenting I kind of had, but my mum didn't bring any kind of cover or anything or jacket, just put me in a pushchair and that was it. <laughs> Meanwhile, my cousin is underneath a nice protective plastic bubble and I remember just looking at him thinking, no, you fucker, look at you, all snug and warm in there. <laughs> I'm getting piss wet through. <laughs> and I remember my first, one of the first things I remember is being really annoyed that he had this plastic cover <laughs> on his uh, on his pram, and I didn't, and I was furious. And that's one of the first things I remember. God, oh dear. What do you think your your daughter's first memory will be? God, that's really meeting me and Sven. <laughs> first uh, yeah. first team lid weekend. It traumatized her that much. It traumatized exactly. her that much. Yeah, <laughs> it might be because she doesn't remember. She she left nursery as in proper like proper baby nursery when she was about two probably two and a half, three, around there. And then she went straight into like nursery at school. And I keep, I do say to her, do you remember anything about that nursery? And she said she doesn't. 
So it'd probably be something from when she's around three and a half or four. And it might be it might be something along the lines of meeting you guys or something, or a present she gets or something like that. But I don't know if... Me clotheslining their teddy <laughs> and making her cry. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> nah, she's cried plenty since then. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what do you think about yours, Adam? God knows. God knows. And my, my lad, he definitely can't remember some of the key memories like I have of him. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Toddler rage. That's weird, isn't it? When so yeah, it's like I know stuff about you. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't know. I I must ask them. I mean, da- Daisy's too young. She she's five, so just she like all kids, she can't remember what she did at school that day. <laughs> so I then ask what her earliest memory is because she won't know. I think they're still being formed. But yeah, I I couldn't say. To be honest, that's they, homework they for do next week. A lot of stuff. Yeah, there we go. There's next week's assignment. We have to do that. We have to ask our kids yeah. what your first, what's your first memory. I'll ask Blossom. She's a big kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You should. Yeah. <laughs> you should ask Blossom, and that can be your that can be your homework assignment. As soon as your baby's <laughs> yeah. still cooking. I will say this week, Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is going to be where I start to go full dad. Fucking trying to get my daughter to just do the most simple, basic things. So. <laughs> unless i actually say to her georgia have you had anything to drink today she just leaves her drink and doesn't touch it and all right i get it it's not the most exciting thing in the world it's just juice or some water or something but every time like she doesn't she just forgets to brush her hair she she can go for like two hours without brushing her teeth so like i'll get up in the morning i'll hear her pottering her out she'll go to the bathroom i'm like okay yeah cool she's obviously you know she's obviously done it. i don't need to ask her she's obviously done it i'll take her up some juice and blah blah and then I'll go back upstairs, like, a bit later, because she's been, obviously, doing schoolwork at home this week. So I'll go back upstairs after, you know, I've been downstairs for an hour or so, and I'll go in the bathroom, and I'll be like, hmm, did you brush your teeth yet? She's, oh, no, sorry. George, that's the first, just, just do that first thing in the morning. Just make sure that's the first thing you do in the morning. Once you get out of bed, have a wee, brush your teeth. Yeah, yeah, right, got it, got it. I'm like, where's your juice? Oh, it's on the bed. Why is it on the bed? I don't know. Right, fine. So I get the juice, still full. I'm like, Georgia. Just drink. I'm not asking you to split the atom, okay? <laughs> All the way to do it. So now I've put a sign on her pinboard that just says, teeth, hair, juice. That's it. And still, <laughs> still. And I keep saying to her, what can I do to make you do these things? Is there anything I can do to make you do this? And I'm sure, I'm sure we did that when we were kids. There were things we just didn't do. But on the back of that as well, I've said before, you'd go out in the daytime when you were a kid and I would just leave the house at nine o'clock in the morning and not come back till five o'clock for my tea. I didn't have any drink with me. I didn't get any water from anywhere. I didn't have, <laughs> and it's in the summer, I had no suntan lotion on. <laughs> I was just left yeah. outside with no drink <laughs> to burn in the sun. <laughs> yeah, I'm freaking out because, you know, George has not had a drink of juice for like two hours. But I just, God, man, I just can't get to the basics at the moment. It's driving me insane. It's it's not going to go away. <laughs> my, my daughter's 12 and she still does that. I... I swear the number of times i have said to her right you are hitting puberty you are in the midst of puberty you need to be like showering every day washing your hair every other day brushing your teeth in the morning otherwise you're scrabby and horrible and you won't have any friends at secondary school because they'll all say you stink and you're gross and she's just like yeah i know that and it just doesn't do it and (laughs) the drinking thing as well it drives me bananas. She'll walk around like two o'clock going, oh, I've got such a bad headache, Dad. I'm a really bad <laughs> headache. And it's like, have you drunk anything? 
No. <laughs> when was the last time you had a drink? Yesterday morning. <laughs> like, how are you even alive? <laughs> so true. It's so true. Oh, and I just and and the ho- oh the horrible thing is, she came down from a bedroom uh, on Sunday. She had six water bottles. <laughs> I'm like, where where they all come from? I haven't seen some of them in years. <laughs> She's like, yeah, they've just been in my bedroom. It's like. So you do drink then, or do you just let it evaporate in the middle of the night and absorb it by osmosis? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we should put misters in our kids' bedrooms or something. Just turn them on at, turn them on at night when they're asleep, yeah. like it's a plant house or something. Yeah. Use yeah. the bottles as like a ghetto humidifier, just to get the uh, yeah or the liquid level up. Those in the really room. fancy like herb shells that they have in Wilco's. They so just occasionally <laughs> just spray that like smoky mist. Just, just put a mattress on top of that, you'd be fine. I'm sure kids. I'm sure kids think that these water bottles are just for show. Like it's a fashion accessory or something. It's like no, it's a useful yeah. item. Use it. It's not for show. You're not showing off with your friends with it. But I don't. As as you get older and like the next generation will be even better with stuff like nutrition and things like that. But yeah, yeah. Like when we were kids, I never. I don't think I drank water until about 2004. I, I just. Don't, <laughs> it was just. I remember when I was sort of six, seven years old. My mum just filling me up with coke. I mean, like weirdly, Georgia, like she hates fizzy drinks, and we've like, we've said to her like, yeah, you can have a, you know, she goes to a party or something, she'd be like, oh, can I have lemonade? I'm like, yeah, of course you can, huh? Yeah, it's fine. You're at a kids' party, you know, it's you're at a party, and she'll try it and go, oh my god, that's disgusting. What is that? <laughs> Which is, it's not something we ever try to keep away from or anything. I mean, me and my wife don't drink fizzy drinks, so we just don't have it in the house. Which I guess is why that happens. Just drink your juice. That's that's all you've, you've got. Th- yeah. <laughs> you've got three things to do. Three, and you, you don't you don't do any of them. I just, oh my god, it's so annoying. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, but I mean, we we try and be good in the house, and and I try and make sure that the kids don't have horrible stuff to eat. Yeah, like they've still got Christmas chocolate left, for example, and they'll. I mean, by the time Easter rolls around, that'll do them until Halloween. You know, it's that level of snacks. The only snacky stuff they have is like crisps and biscuits, but even then, I control access to those. Like, literally, I've got biscuits in behind lock and key. <laughs> but that's just because it's in a fancy cabinet. It's only, it's only <laughs> you're allowed to, to have. From it. These are my biscuits, yeah. children. It's got two-factor <laughs> authentication, retina <laughs> scans, yeah. fingerprint scans. Snipers. But on that note, they they rarely have fizzy drinks. They don't like most fizzy drinks, but they really like Pepsi and stuff like that. And I'm a Good Pepsi kids. man. So I always have Pepsi in the house for me. Cherry Pepsi, raspberry Pepsi, the ginger Pepsi they had. Ah, oh, huge fan. Occasionally, just standard Pepsi. That's fine. They love it all as well. Apart from the little five-year-old, obviously. I don't want people to think I'm a monster. She doesn't have any. <laughs> she likes Sprite. But... She likes coffee. <laughs> she likes orange jade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'll, I'll sit there, and I'll be, like, drinking one, and I can see them both on the other sofa just, like, looking at me. Just, like, licking the lips. <laughs> like, we, we're all lost in a desert, and I've pulled it out, like this ice-cold can with, like, condensation dripping down the side from my bag. And I'm just going, mm, this is nice and refreshing. And they'll look at me, and they'll go, Dad, can I have a Pepsi? I was like, oh, I don't want you to have a Pepsi, because it's bad for you. I'm already too far gone. You don't, don't need to worry about me. But I do let them have it occasionally. But that they don't need it. They don't need the caffeine and stuff. <laughs> I'm a grown-up. I have a job. <laughs> I need caffeine. 
It's like if they if they were starving and they look at you and all they can see is a roast chicken talking to them. <laughs> you are just a giant can of Pepsi and they're just looking at. Why are you looking at me like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a great. Um, the, the old adage is, if you want the truth, ask a child. Obviously, because kids of a certain age have no filter. And I had to mention this. My wife was on a, a video call with her friend this week, one of her best friends who lives further north than we do, in an area that's been locked down fully since about March or April. So if, you, if you're looking for areas that have been fully locked down, you can probably guess where it is. And she's got a little girl who's, I think, five. So my wife was having a quick video chat with her. And my wife's friend says, oh, you know, come over and say hi to Sarah. So she goes, oh, hi, Sarah. She's like, oh, hi, how you doing? She's like, yeah, good. The first thing she said was, oh, Sarah, did you know uh, my dad's got three nipples? That was it. <laughs> it's like, great. Okay. She went, yeah, just like Harry Styles, they've both got three nipples. So, okay, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> I just think, oh, my God, kids just have this amazing ability to just, I don't know, just drop in the worst thing, the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I remember when I must have at some point, I must have at some point said the word pissing around Georgia or something. And I will say that full disclosure, me and my wife swear in the house all the time. But we were brought up in that way that in the house, you can say whatever you want. It's fine. When you go outside, you have to be respectful. Some people don't like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But my daughter never swears. She hates it. She won't even, in the house, she won't even say anything bad. She will say it's bleeping this or this is, you know, she'll just say this is stupid or this is silly. But we were driving home somewhere and the window was down. Uh, and obviously the wind was blowing into George's face. And she says, Dad, can you put the window up? I'm pissing, freezing. <laughs> and I was just like, that's it. <laughs> Me and my wife just in fits, like just in fits laughing. Because you never, you never expect to hear it from a kid. It's something I've always modeled that in your house. Like, just, just swearing. Uh, openly in front of a child and she's amazing with it like you say she just like yeah this is just how we speak in our house which is great it's just like this is just language it, it's something you're going to face you probably already face at primary school because <laughs> because of parents like us <laughs> it's, it's, it's brilliant but when i come around to visit i find myself still moder- moderating my language because I'm like, oh, it's a child's present. I, I can't do that. <laughs> and then I feel bad. Like, even though everyone's swearing, it's like, no, I feel bad doing it. Even though she grows up in that environment. <laughs> She's heard it all before. It, it's it's a weird kind of juxtaposition. With my older kids, we, we swear to each other occasionally. You know, when the youngest is away or she's in bed, I'm, I'm the same. I'm like, well, it's just language. We watch worse stuff on the TV. You say it, that's fine. But yeah, it is here, weird hearing like your ten-year-old son call someone a dick, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it not to be aimed at you for a change. <laughs> I say that's usually you when you're yeah. uh, cheating at Roblox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being a dick, and then he cries. <laughs> you're upset. The, the thing with kids is that, like, even if they don't look like they're paying attention, they are listening oh, yeah. and they do hear everything that you do. And eventually, like, they'll either pick up what you're saying and then use it themselves or uh, they'll end up using it against you. It's like, well, do you remember when you said this? And you're like, you weren't supposed to hear that child. Yeah, That's kind of what and we wanted to avoid. Is... We wanted to make sure that it wasn't something where she thought, oh, I'm being cool if I say this. Because yeah. as soon as she was born, I mean, I will say, me and Sarah, both Northerners, we swear a lot. I mean, every even if I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking of something, I'll go, oh, you know, fucking, the fucking thing. And I don't even know I'm doing it. I can't help myself. It's just part of my everyday language 
So we didn't, we really, really tried when Georgia was younger to not swear in front of her. And we couldn't do it. We just could not mm-hmm. do it. And I know that sounds ridiculous and it probably sounds immature and childish. And it is, but we tried our hardest, couldn't make it work. And I said, look, let's just lay ground rules. Let's just tell her, okay, these are really bad words. You can't say these words outside. And I don't, you know, like I'm a professional. I, when I'm out and at work and that kind of thing, I'm very careful. I monitor what I say to people. And I, we wanted to make sure that she then didn't grow up thinking, oh, if I say these words, I'm going to be really cool with my friends and all that kind of thing. We didn't want that. So we just basically tried to diffuse it that way to think, okay, so we'll teach you now. And then you know these words immediately. So you don't think it's anything. And we do say to her all the time, some of your friends might try and swear in front of you thinking they're cool. And she says, yeah, some of the boys do. And I, so I said, well, what, what do you think? She says, well, I just think they're being stupid and childish. I'm like, yeah, they are. Because, you know, that's, the, <laughs> that's what mummy and daddy are like. We're stupid <laughs> and childish. They're being stupid, stinky boys. Yeah. Do you oh. think there is, like, a real, like, north-south divide in terms of, like, swearing now? Oh, we're changing the subject, like, completely. Um, yes. Because yeah, I'll, so. t- I'll tell you now, like, I think so. my, my, if my mum, like, even now, like, I'm, I'm 33. If my mum swears, the first thing I do is get on my phone and call my sister and just say, "My mum just said fuck." Oh my god, what's going on? Yeah, my mum turns my mum turned sixty last year and it's still like the biggest thing in the world. And it, it brings me and my sister to such immense joy that we uh, bring mum to the point of swearing at us or just swearing, in, or she does something that she swears in general. Yeah, I- yeah, my mum doesn't swear in front of me, but she she is just that way inclined. I've got distinct memories of her catching me call someone a bastard when I was a kid. <laughs> and she literally dragged me, because this was in like the back alleys where all, all those northern working class kids play the narrows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she pinched me on the ear, dragged me like by the ear, me going, ah, mum, no. <laughs> Down the back alleys, through our big long garden, up the stairs, into the bathroom, and literally washed my mouth out with soap. And obviously I've never gone that far with my kids, but I can understand that, yeah, okay, if you've taught your kid not to do that and you really want to teach him not to do it, then if you catch him doing it, you're going to be a bit cross. <laughs> but I've never sworn in front of my mum up until I was about 30 after that, because it, it was a very effective lesson. <laughs> That's mad, that, because my yeah. mum did exactly the same to me. I can't believe you said Did you? I genuinely, <laughs> genuinely had no idea you were going to tell that then. Genuinely. I, yeah, my mum did exactly the same. I swore and she said, if you do that again, I'll wash your mouth out with soap. I was probably about seven or eight. <laughs> and I remember saying something. I can't remember what the swear word was, but I, I remember definitely swearing. And she took me to the kitchen and said, stand there. So obviously I'm just an obedient child. Like, oh, maybe I'm getting a cake or a prize or something. <laughs> nope. You've won the Bastard Award. Yep. You've won the Fairy Liquid Award. And she squirted some Fairy Liquid <laughs> in my mouth. And then that was it. I, was, wow. I, mean, I, was, I mean, barfing bubbles. No joke. It was oh. sick and bubbles for about two or three minutes. And then it was just oh. like rinsing out with water and all kinds of things. And she said, are you going to do that again? No, no more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I did. Not in front of my mum, though, obviously. But, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's mad. I can't believe you said oh. that. Although, yeah. the north-south divide thing, I, I, I'm not sure if it's north-south divide or if it's just a class divide because my in-laws are both full-blown Cockney and they swear all the time. They mm. swear more than anybody I know. And my mm. my dad's from... Uh, my, uh, my father-in-law is from Bermondsey, which is Millwall country, for those who don't know. And my <laughs> mother-in-law is from Peckham, which is only fools and horses country, for those who don't know. Both are yeah. 
legitimate, within the sound of Bowbells, you are a purebred Cockney type area. <laughs> and they are, like, yeah, they, they swear I, like anything. Yeah, I think, I think it must be a combination of both, because London is the only place I can think of, like in the south, like south of Birmingham, that would have a whole cluster of like working class people. Yeah. It, like that, or to that extent. I can't think of any like huge settlements. Of course there will be, but compared to like Manchester, Liverpool, Preston, Birmingham, all the other like proper northern cities, and the way in which there is a, l- a larger class or group of working class people in the north, and especially in the northwest, I would say, than compared to like the, the home counties. So I think London, yeah, you will find it, but someone like from Kent, <laughs> probably less so. She's not going <laughs> to be going around calling people a cunt or a cant, as, as they would say down there. Yeah, and I think that that's also the biggest thing about the North South divide is the Southerners can't say the swear words properly because it's bastard. It's not bastard. Doesn't have an R in it except the one that does have in there. <laughs> I do enjoy a quick sh- bastard. Bastard. A quick shout out to my mother-in-law's phone voice as well, which is just phenomenal because. They live, I mean, they live like two streets away from us and they still both have their full-blown Cockney accents. And my mother-in-law will pick up the phone if she doesn't know who it is and she'll go, oh, yes, hello, like that. I mean, proper fake accent. <laughs> and then it's one of her relatives. She'll straight then go to, oh, fucking hell, mate, or how's it going? Oh, no, man, I can't fucking believe it. Straight away. Shout, shout out to my mother-in-law. Jamaican, are they? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I walked into that one, didn't I? <laughs> Hey yo! <laughs> I just got the I just got the image in my mind that like your uh, mother and father in law are like pearly kings and queens, just walking around in uh, their black suits with the white embroidery on. It's really with like a Cockney uh, piano following them wherever <laughs> they go, just just singing songs about like a Bill Bailey. Always a chimney sweep looking over them. Yeah. Wherever the ghost of uh, Dick Van Dyke, who's not actually dead, I've just killed him off there, just yeah. following them wherever they go. Yeah, there's a little uh, chimney sweep sat on each of their shoulders, just singing jaunty <laughs> tunes about old London town. <laughs> I don't know, I couldn't... If I, if I did, Have a banana. If, if I thought about describing them, there was nothing about them that you would say is Cockney. It's really weird, but then when you meet them, obviously, obviously it's to do with the accent, I guess, you, you are then thinking, oh yeah, they're proper full-on cockney that's they are but they are that kind of working class will do anything for anybody salt of the earth kind of grafting grit grinders kind of you know what i mean Mm. like those that kind of they'll help you out with anything like they're totally devoted to their family and and all that kind of thing which i guess is like a i guess that is like a working class kind of trait isn't it sometimes for good or bad i suppose and that i don't think that sort of deviates north or south or scotland or bloody northern ireland or anywhere does it really no, I think I think it's definitely uh, a class thing, and the the circumstances in which you're born w- will affect you know how you interact with people because you know if you're working class you've got kind of closer local ties because at least traditionally you're all working in the uh, the same place doing the same job so you, you're all the same but less so nowadays I would say but I don't know I I work my way up to lower middle class now. So, <laughs> I've put it all behind me. I don't speak to any of my neighbours. <laughs> I just want to say, just to click, you can't actually change your class. The class you're born into is your class. I learned that in sociology. That's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong. 
I learned that in sociology. Yeah, that's and that's weird because I don't know about. I'm, I'm assuming you were born into like a middle class house, Benny. Well, when I was born, we were like we lived in a um, mid terrace in the centre of uh, Lowestoft Town. But we, they, mum and dad, moved out of there like when I was like six months old to the house they live in now, which is like on the outskirts of town, lovely little like um, residential area, oh, like the suburbs of it, the suburbs yeah, essentially. Yeah. So that's that's where I grew up. That's what I know. I've I only learned like the the uh, the rigors of living in like lower class house lower class housing when I went to university in Stoke, where all the houses are lower class housing. I thought you were going to say when I went to visit you. <laughs> <laughs> when I first met you and Adam, <laughs> I do wonder about that sometimes. And maybe this is something I could you know maybe discuss at a future date. But it's kind of. It's kind of odd that all of our children will, will grow up in a middle-class lifestyle. And especially yeah. to me and Adam, mm-hmm. when we grew up really poor and really working class. And I think it's... Oh, yeah. I, I, don't know if I, I don't know if you struggle with this, Adam, or not, but me trying to explain to Georgia, like, do you know how lucky you are to go on holiday? Do you know how lucky you are to have a phone or an <laughs> iPad or this or that? Or, Christ, you know, you can just... I mean, this is going to sound like I'm you know, playing the fucking violin or something for myself. But the fact that, and I know Adam can relate to this, the fact that you can just go and turn the central heating on if you're cold. Yeah. Like, you don't understand how lucky you are to have that life. Mm-hmm. And I do kind of yeah struggle sometimes. Like, well, it's not her fault. She's not, I don't, and the point is, is like, yes, I. that's how I grew up. And I know you'll say the same, Adam, but I don't want my fucking daughter to grow up like that. Just because I grew up like that, mm. I don't want her to go through that. It was fucking shit, and I hated it. Ah, yes. And I but remember there was times like, think, go on. You grew up like that, but look at where you are now. So if your daughter had to, there's every chance she would get that now. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. And uh, yeah, I'd say the same for yeah. you as well. Like, we both kind of made it out of that. But I also... Yeah. I think it'd be worse I don't know. If, if she had the memories of how she's lived now and then went to that stage. That would be worse. But I think for us... We can look back on that with a bit of pride and say, yeah, we did that. Even though we would never want to be in that situation again. Oh, but God. that's because now we're out of it and we know better. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I at some point will be moving out of the house I'm in and go like going down the ladder just because going through a divorce, selling the assets, you've got less money, you probably have to rent, all of that jazz. And I'm like trying to explain to the kids, like, kids it might be a bit shit when we move like we're gonna have to downsize like get rid of furniture maybe a cat or two and they're like no this is terrible dude he's still gonna have like central heat and double glazing internet access sky he's still gonna have your stuff netflix amazon but, all that shit yeah exactly it'll just be a different room that you're watching it in yeah. <laughs> this is and the two up two to down they taught me about in school <laughs> <laughs> we now live in Victorian times. I learned about this in school in history. I have to walk through my dad's bedroom to get to the toilet, but it's the only one in the house. It's not an ensuite. Oh, dude, that was the worst. That was the worst in <laughs> fucking. And I'll say, yeah, Adam, you had it even. You had it worse than me. But our bathroom being, didn't you have? You had the bathroom. Was it the bathroom at the end of your house as well? No, we didn't have a downstairs bathroom. Ours, no. ours was upstairs, was upstairs, and it was. Yes. Yeah, it was basically go upstairs. There's no landing. It's just the the top of the stairs is like a little square, and you go left into like what was my bedroom, and then right into my mum's room, and then you just walk through her bedroom to go into the bathroom. And obviously, that's the only like 
bath and sink. We didn't have a shower, so every time you wanted to wash, you had to run yourself a full bath. <laughs> and it was an absolute nightmare. Like, especially as a teenager, when you're wanting to, like, you, you're mucky all the time because you just sweat and what have you so much, and you just stink. And go, go right, it's five o'clock in the morning, and I've got to get up before I cycle to school and do my paper round. I've just got to spend 45 minutes running a bath with my mum's boiler. And I've got to do it so I don't wake her up because I'm right next to her bed doing it all in the bathroom. <laughs> Stuff like that is insane. Uh, you're the right. It's that, not something I would want for my no, kids. The fact that you're like, I was just thinking, yeah, yeah, that'll be my thing. That'll be my thing with Georgia saying, do you know how lucky you are to be able to have a shower? A shower? Do you? <laughs> I used to have to sit in my own filthy water for 20 minutes in a disgusting bath. Baths are disgusting and gross. <laughs> And she won't understand. She'd be like, what do you mean? A, like, a bath? What are you talking about? Oh, freaking whatever. <laughs> One of the worst things I remember that I just hated was our bathroom was at the end of the house, past the kitchen. And we lived in a terrace and there was no, basically no rooms attached sort of around the, the bathroom at the back of the house. So in the morning in winter, and like I said, we didn't have central heating or anything. There'd be frost in the bathroom on the inside of the bathroom window and stuff. And I remember yep. just needing the toilet, needing to go for a dump and just thinking, I like, if I can, I will do my absolute damnedest to hold this until I get to school where I can do it in warmth. Because I'd have to sit on the toilet having a dump wrapped, like, wrapped in towels because it was so fucking cold. Like I could see my breath in my bathroom. It was so cold. Oh my God. That's where those uh, f- furry toilet seats came from though, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I invented it. So sick toilet of freezing my ass off in the fucking morning. Exactly. Oh God. Now, what was worse for me was doing all that, having a bath, I'm washing myself with the soap that I'd used to clean my teeth earlier that day. <laughs> Ooh, this soap is dual purpose. Interesting. <laughs> Still got the bite marks in. I'm sure I can rub those out. It's better than it's better than your whole family using the soap and then uh, you swearing and then having your mouth washed out with oh. soap for everyone. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think Shit. about that. Picking pubes out your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so we've gone too far, so I think it's time we stop and just move on to something else. <laughs> so, uh, God, Adam. I'm haunted by the image of my mum's pubes. <laughs> That's mad. I was thinking about your mum's pubes as well. <laughs> Maybe don't post that picture to the group chat, mate. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> you know. All right, Adam, baby names and parenting advice, please. Fucking hell. I'm both crying and in trauma at the same time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bad baby names or bad parenting advice? Which one will it be? I like how you've got a theme, but it changes every week. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't listen back to these episodes. I can't remember. We're evolving. We're evolving, buddy. That's all we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, names will be first. Names first. Okay. Now, we may be here for a while. as I'll, I'll just go into the name. It's a bit hard to pronounce. Uh, just as it's written, so I'll just read it out. B R F X X C C X X M N P C C C C L L L M M N P R X V C L M N C K S S Q L B B one 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 six. That was a name <laughs> that was submitted by parents for approval in Sweden. Unsurprisingly. <laughs> 
as a protest against the naming laws in Sweden, which were quite strict and uh, very much like the Iceland ones that we uh, talked about. What was it? What Scandinavian com- these Scandinavian countries and their naming laws? I, know, I thought exactly. they were all, I thought they were exactly. all like free and easy. Apparently not. <laughs> not when it comes to naming laws. No, it's only free and easy if you have the right name and do the right thing. Good point. Uh, yeah. Now this name, although it's very complex to write down, is actually pronounced Albin. Of course it is. Of course it is. But yeah, unsurprisingly, this name was rejected. Uh, it was an unsuccessful protest. But I can imagine you being very annoyed as a grown up with that name when inevitably you get all the letters with it spelled incorrectly or someone actually just puts Albin on your letters and send it off and you have to write a very hastily worded email uh, to the company and say, no, I'm afraid you misspelled my name. There are four C's in the middle (laughs) and two C's towards the end. And you didn't even include all the ones. On the phone. Yes, Albin. Can you spell that, please? Oh, yeah, sure. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) B-R-A-N. And the the poor customer service person going, uh, Boss, I've run out of space on the form. I can't <laughs> type anymore. The keyboard's broken. So yes, that's that's the weird baby name. And I'll I'll trawl through the archives and see if I can find some more like Scandinavian protest names in in future. Now the uh, the weird parenting advice. This is potentially quite related to what's happening in the world at the moment. But this is from a 1962 parenting book written by Dr. Walter Sackett Jr. Uh, unsurprisingly in America, as you'll find when I, uh, I read that he warned that if we teach our offspring to expect everything to be provided on demand, we admit the possibility of sowing the seeds of socialism. So in order to avoid raising dangerous socialist children, mums were told to walk away from their babies if they were crying. Unless it's really time for eating, and after checking for wet diaper, an offending pin stucking the child, or some other irritation, and to also ignore them during the night as well as the day. So a delightful bit of advice (laughs) is make sure you ignore your child's every want and need Otherwise, they become a socialist. A little note on there, 1962, that was the year of the Cuban Missile Crisis. So you can see why probably they were trying to get people to avoid raising socialists in their country at the time. Honey, honey, why is the baby crying? I don't know. I'm not raising no commie. Leave him there. Okay, honey. <laughs> well, no, we're dressing our girl in blue. I ain't dressing him like some pinko. See, it's pink. Pinko. Pink, pink. I, I worked on that one. <laughs> honey, we're about to go to war with Russia. If only we move our nukes out of Turkey, it'll be fine. <laughs> all right, there we go. Good stuff. Anything else, boys? No. All good. And then thank you very much for everyone listening and continuing to listen and sticking with us. Uh, especially all the people who've like commented to me. They're really enjoying this and they have been listening and messaging me and saying that I'm hilarious. I'm the star <laughs> of the show. Uh, so thank you very much, Mum. <laughs> Christ. But no, seriously, thank you very much for everyone listening. And don't forget to smash that like button and increase our views. Yeah, rate, review, subscribe. subscribe, all that things. Apparently it really helps, I, I, but it's what everyone says, so I guess I have to say it as well. But there we go. Okie dokie. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We shall talk to you next week. Bye. Let's all go down the strand. <laughs>